Blog Talk Radio. got uh, an interesting one for you. Um, had a special request um, from a friend uh, of mine. He had seen a documentary and he wanted our take on it. Um, and boy, uh, absolutely blew me away. But the name of the documentary is The New Astonishing Phenomenon Detected on the Shroud. Boy, the shroud uh, generates such controversy in of itself. Yeah, this um, is the shroud of Turin, the the um, supposed cloth that was wrapped around Jesus, Jesus's body while he was in the tomb. Referenced in uh, most notably, right off the top of my head, Matthew twenty-seven fifty-nine. Uh, this uh, linen cloth, this whatever you want to call it. Boy, it's created such controversy. Uh, but we got a, a request uh, from uh, John McAllen to take a look at that. A good friend of ours uh, from uh, Down Under. And, uh, well, it, it, it took us a few days to get around to watching it. You watched a little bit of it first. I watched a little bit of it. It took several days for us, us, to, us to come to grips with, with what's going on with this... Uh, wow. Uh, with this... Uh, this documentary that, that that proves beyond a shadow of a doubt, the image on this cloth was created photoenergetically. It was literally uh, strobing. It was a strobe light. You can clearly see it was multiple shots as what... Well, the only way that, that I could describe it is it literally shows Christ becoming reanimated as he comes, as he is resurrected, as he yeah. becomes the firstborn from the dead. Uh, yeah, especially the one that's pointed out is his hands. His hands take multiple positions. They can see that because the there are um, the, the uh, photonegative images that are burned onto the cloth of the hands in different positions. So literally. His hands were moving as this burning occurred. The same thing happens on his feet. Apparently, the, according to this, you their nails were still in his hands and feet. They were not entirely taken out. But on the feet, you can see where the nail gradually came out. Just absolutely off the hook. Um, take a look at the documentation here. Uh, from Jerome, I kind of... Yeah, this is the earliest count of the Shroud of Turin. Uh, people, a lot of people may not know about this, but, uh, yes, this, this refers to the, um, the Gospel of the Hebrews. Jerome is one of the most common, uh, person, people to, uh, quote it, 
And I think that a lot of the um, the last uh, part, the a lot of the resurrection story from Luke was uh, transmitted from this book, just like a lot of it from from Matthew you can see like a lot of things. Some people call it the Q source or something. But um, here it says, um, it reads this. It says, but the Lord. When he had given the shroud to the servant of the priest, went to James and appeared to him. So, who is the servant of the priest that we're talking about? We know this is not in the canonical Gospels. Um, this uh, him giving this shroud to the priest, to the servant of the priest, whoever this is. But it is possible that the servant of the priest being mentioned here is uh, mentioned here in John 18 verse 15. Simon Peter was following Jesus and another disciple, and so was another disciple. Now that disciple was known to the high priest. Never gives his name. Yeah, so that's why some people think that it was John, because that's what John often does in his book, is remains as anonymous as possible. In his own source. Yeah. So, you know, let's, 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 let's really come to grips. When we're talking to your mother about this, today, I, I immediately pointed out something uh, of great gravity. Whomever would have got this burial cloth, regardless of who it was, would they have thrown it away? I should hope not. I know I wouldn't. Absolutely not. Not especially for the fact that it literally shows our Lord's reanimation imprinted on it. Let's talk a little bit to this. You you watch the documentary; it's really fresh in your mind, right? So they they prove that the origin of this this impression on the cloth. And let's talk about that for a second. So is this blood stains on the cloth? No, no, it's 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 radioactive burns. So it it, it is from a well radioactive in the simple fact that the visible spectrum is radiation, right? So we're not talking plutonium or uranium or something like that. This is obviously a photoenergetic source. Yes. The problem is, under microscopic investigation, you can prove beyond any shadow of a doubt, the light source was not external. Yeah, it came from within, in the cloth. Because the cloth has the front and back negative, and you can prove that the original source come within them as they were folded. And not only that, if the impression upon the cloth had been made by contact with the body, it would then, at this time, be all distorted. Correct? You can literally prove it empirically. That You can prove it. Yeah. There was... There was a lot of people, um, you know, try to uh, attack this because there are some uh, documents uh, back in the day of people claiming to have it fabricated. And sure, I mean that. that I mean that that that's, you know, it, it sounds possible until you actually look at the evidence thereof. And of course, I mean, basically, what they had to say that it was a psychotic person who did it anyway. So. I mean, of course, he's going to claim to have done something like that. But uh, that being stated, you know, when you take a look at what this this 
Well, let's state this. There's no debating what the imprints on this cloth are. Okay? No debating it. And the proof in the pudding is kind of like the Bible always does. It really don't care what you think, does it? Really don't care, does it? It absolutely does not care. It just kind of lays it out. Here's what's going on. You don't, I mean, there's really no debating it. This is what the image depicts. And one of the bombastic things that it immediately depicts is this, is this uh, Egyptian kilt. Amen? Yeah, but it was it was his underclothing that he had on. I I don't know if if that was what he was wearing or something that the Romans put on him or something. I don't know, but he but it, it's basically an undergarment, and they can <laughs> like hardcore studies to see what it even looked like. Basically, looked um, at the patterns that were burned in through it because the the in the documentary it's pointed out that the radioactive stuff goes straight through solid things. So right. it's going to imprint things like that. Right. And, you know, like I said, just, just, I don't, I don't know. Boy, you really have to try to come to grips. Maybe that's the best way to do this, because it really does blow your mind. When you take the time, now you have to take the time to watch the whole thing, don't you? And they say a lot of repetitive things, and, and uh, well very uh, scholarly way they put things, but they have to do that when they present evidence. There's only one way to do it, and that's to present it that way. The the person, uh, what's really interesting is the person who's who's, who's reading it isn't like saying, oh, this is, uh, uh, you know, empirical proof that this is God, but he said, he did say this, that he holds the description of Jesus of Nazareth, perfect description of him, and it and then it also says he he actually says that the things the phenomenons that we found found in here opens a new book to science. He said that literally science can learn from what they found here. Right. So he said that this was a monumental thing, but he also ends with also the the understanding of our world as we know it. You know, understanding of our being, you know, who we are and you know it it seems to point to something very supernatural, and you literally, when you read it, I mean, you you watch the thing that he goes into great detail about the different parts about the body, and certain things that we would have never thought of, certain things that are not really mentioned in the Bible, about like certain things that he wore, or what they did to his body to prepare it for burial, like um, he has a teflim. That's, that's right. That's uh, it's basically uh leather strap attached to a box, right. a little box, and it, they, um, only men would wear these. They would wrap it around their two, um, uh, these two fingers, and then wrap it around their hand and up their arm, and then they had another one that would go around the neck and over the forehead. Uh, over the and forehead. Plainly depicted. There was no arguing. They literally show you the photo evidence that's what he was wearing. And not only that, over the course of this energetic strobing, it loosened up and fell down. He's yeah, off, and the same with it. And the same the with hook. the thing that is, except for, it's the same for the Teflon that was on his head. It also moved as well. And another thing that they show is that they have a, 
he has a sort of pendant on his head, on a chain, and it's, it, they, it's, they said it's basically by the perfect design that looked like some sort of precious or semi-precious stone that was on it. That was six-sided. Yeah. Um, well, front and back, so really 12-sided. So it looks kind of a, like a three-dimensional stop sign, right? Um, oh, just absolutely off the hook. Literally off the hook. So here we, we're looking at uh, why did you bring this up here, this, uh, this, this timeline? The history of when people, when this entered into the possession of the Catholic Church at least, that's, this is where the history starts, 1349, and it's in the hands of this uh, soldier during the Black Death, and his name was Geoffrey de Charny, and he was a French knight. Um, so he, uh, he gets the shroud basically, probably from the Crusades, when he was down there in the in that area, um, it, they don't really go into detail to how he found it. It doesn't seem like he really told anyone. And this is the crux of the matter, isn't it? What a crusader, out of place and out of time, correct? He trapes off to you know, let's go save the Holy Land. Remember, that's what the crusades were. Okay, so he's speaking a different language than the person he got it from. So, how would this knight have known what it was? To him, it would have just been a piece of garbage, right? Let's go back to Crusades. What would have been happening? He would have been, he would have been basically pillaging, right? Right? Right. <laughs> we know the history. Why did he keep this thing? It doesn't make any sense from the beginning. It's possible. I mean... Um, from I didn't go through all of this, but I, I read on another source that um, it, they just said it was just a crucified man that he had a shroud of. They didn't know if it was Jesus for sure, but he had the shroud of a crucified man. Okay, with the law being tied to the hand and the forehead, you already mentioned that. You can reduce it down to a Jewish man, correct? Yes. Okay, but that's just where your major problems begin. Let's talk about the head. Look, do we have historical references that everybody that was crucified was crucified with a crown of thorns? No. You really have to come to grips with what it displays. And it displays uh, uh, this bush uh, that, uh, well, it is called a thorny burnet, correct? <laughs> and or burnet. It, 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 well, yeah, exactly. It has huge thorns on it, but these thorns was only on the back. On the front of the crown uh, uh, was the leaves and berries. The <laughs> the stains from the blood is only in the back of the head, and it can you, you can plainly see it where these thorns were, were were piercing the back of the skull and went down to the base yeah. of the neck. Well, yeah, that's a, that's a big thing that stands out to me. I'm like, well, you if this was fabricated. Then take this for instance that that people throughout history and admit that most Christians and even non-Christians who've seen pictures always see uh, always envision the crown of thorns as being bare. That's not what it is. Yeah, in this in the shroud, it's shown as it's covered in leaves. It's still literally it was as if the the Romans saw a bush right there, tore it up, and made, and the made crown. it. Yeah. 
literally still fresh. Do you understand that? If this was a forgery, it would have shown what all Catholic iconography depict, right? No leaves, not even a leaf on it, right? It's basically just, um, the best way to describe it is it is like a rose stem with the rose off of it, all the leaves, and wrapped around his head, right? Basically just a brown, dried, great big thorny thing. This contradicts that. It just kind of displays it. And like I said, so we've got millions of examples of people being crucified with a crown of thorns, right? No. No, no, you don't. So it's it's just bombastic in its its own presentation. Yeah. So so like like the person pointed out in there, it, it meets the description of Jesus of Nazareth in this fact. Okay. Okay. Number one, it's he's crucified. You can tell that. Right. He's got nails in his hands and feet. His yes. So you can they they know that much. So he's got nails in his hands and feet. It, it, now, now look, it depicts the nail still in his feet, plainly impressioned upon the cloth via photoenergetic burning is the nails. It's the nails. Okay. Yeah, so. yeah. You can literally even <laughs> see on the cloth what the nails look like. Exactly. And, and like, and a certain, and the person points out that one of the nails in one of his feet, the 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 point on the top is broken off or something. So, so it, it's that detailed. And so you have even that. So, so you, so you can tell that this man was crucified. Then you can narrow it down that he's a Jewish man. That's right, uh, Tafilim. And he must have come out of Egypt in one way, shape, or form. Correct. That's the thing that just blows me away. It begins with this. This. There's no other way to put it. It's. It's. We call it a a what well, a Scottish kilt, right? I mean, basically, it's a man's skirt, right? Yeah. But it's the it's the type that's 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 really tight, and it comes up in the front, and this is why the blood stains show it trickling down the side. But it's too, as soon as it gets to the garment, it goes off to the side, and it's just it makes you take pause. You're like, why is the blood puddling on that side? Because of course he was. He was pierced. And you just look at it, you're like, okay, how could you forge that in the 1300s? Okay, let's just be honest. You're lying if you're saying that's possible. No, no, it wasn't. Yeah, and so we have that. Then we... Okay, but this wasn't a city normal man. No. Oh, okay, so, so Jesus of Nazareth also had the crown of thorns. So that narrows it down even more. And then you have... Clearly, a radiation, light irradiating from the body, strobing, yeah. strobing, and you can see movement as the strobing is going on. And they prove this. Yeah. Not only with the flesh, not only with the nails, with this chain, they show you the different movements yeah. as the chain fell. Yeah. You see. Okay. So, so um, of, off the top of my head, they number a few things that are clearly moving. Okay, so he his hands his hands move position move his um the uh, the teflim around his hands they bump loosen and, and fall yes the um teflim on his head the chain the chain pendant on his head moves the, yes the chain pendant on his head the belt um there there's it, it's it's different than than the um snake belt we're about to describe but 
there's there's a belt that was wrapped around him, possibly that they used to carry him off the cross or something such. But this belt, the the buckle of it, you can see it move down also. That's right. You can actually see it move down also, just off the hook. It plainly depicts, well, this right here, a ball python, or the Regis python, of course, what is, of course, the Adidoregia, you better know what that means. It means the royal python. They plainly prove that this leather skin belt, and, and, and you clearly see the, well, they don't call it a belt buckle. Um, like a medallion thing. But, but yeah, it's, it's clearly the belt has the design of the snakeskin of this of the royal python and it just look if this was a forgery why would you do that why would you do that but yet biblically when you look at it it's obviously depicting that he has slain the ancient serpent amen amen <laughs> he's wearing it around his lace and it, there is some representation in that in, in the in the ancient Middle East, the um, the idea of a serpent um, shedding its skin can refer to a sense of uh, shedding off your uh, uh, the um, the dying part of you. Right, or I.e. resurrection. Correct. Yeah, a yeah, rebirth. That's, that's that's that literally in, in the Middle East, the idea of when a snake is shedding. It's actually um, taking off the dying part of it and becoming um, rejuvenating, and that's that's how they in would interpret it. Now, another thing that is off the hook is there is another cloth, okay, uh, which is in uh, uh, Sudarian of uh, this is called the Sudarium of Oviedo in um, Oviedo, Spain. So this is literally a cloth that was used under his head. No. Well, well, under his forehead. This this cloth is, um, well, you described it's folded over. It's it's times. it's basically a cloth that's been folded eighty times. Okay. It's so it's made into a pad. So they placed it. Uh, 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 well, it's hard to describe. They placed it on his forehead so his, his head would, would sit there in the prone position. All this happened face down. Yes. So, the problem herein is, is that we got this, 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 this thing, this headrest, in a, in Spain, it, it's not kept with the Shroud of Turin. No. But you see it on the Shroud of Turin. But it's it's photo energetically impressed upon the Shroud of Turin. So basically, we have two different relics apart from each other, but you can but you can find them together in on the Shroud. On the Shroud. Okay. Let. So. <laughs> so and he goes into description. This is where which is. In, in the video, this is where he, what drives him to go there. He says, uh, he says, well, he's trying to figure out what the chain is, the chain around the around the head. He's like, well, this is also described in this other relic. He says it explains the other relic, but because that's why there were some imprints on the back. Well, look, 
let's talk about this. All right, the Shroud of Turin, that's kept in Italy, right? Okay, so we have historical precedents for the Spaniards and the Italians, just, you know, they're buddy-buddies, right? They're sharing relics, right? <coughs> wrong answer. Wrong answer. That That is the absolute wrong answer, actually. So, this is proof in the pudding in of itself. Do you not realize that? That we aren't talking about Spaniards, and we certainly cannot be talking about Italians. we got to be talking about Christians for some reason in cooperation here beyond a language barrier, correct? Literally, this is off the hook. This, this, this headrest literally it had to be on uh, uh, the other side of this of this crown of thorns, and it is photo energetically uh, uh, penetrated onto the headrest. You understand? This is there's no way. Would you agree with that? There's no way that headdress in Spain is photo impressionate. Has been photoly. I don't even know. It, something that just stands out to me is that so many things about it is unlike Christian tradition and depiction of Jesus. Right. Who, okay, who so, said... Okay, so yes, we can see he has the beard and the long hair, which is a lot of images, but he always, but he clearly has a longer face than most um, depictions of him. The, just the look on his face just has nothing like how most people de depict him. And that's like, well, that stands out. The stuff on his head. The, the crown of thorns. Okay, so that that's against Christian, you know, Christian art tradition. That's and, and the the medallion. What does that even mean? The the skirt. Okay. The okay. Who put the crown of thorns on his head? The Romans. This being the case, did they look? Did they not wrap him in a robe? The first question comes to mind. These same soldiers, did they use the clasp from the robe to attach the crown of thorns? I mean, when I watched it, that's immediately what, what came to my mind. I mean, in every way, shape, or form, this, this, this Egyptian kilt just immediately screams out, okay, why is this yeah. dude that's obviously from or out of Egypt being crucified with a crown of thorns that still got ripe fruit and, and leaves on it. Yeah, and there's that. And, and, and some other things that shocked me, that surprised me, you know, in, in the way that I was raised and seeing all these images of Jesus and stuff. Um, why was he face down? Why was he in the prone position? Yeah, and I was like, why? Why would he? And but they could prove that that that's what was happening. That his face was straight down because the impression is a lot clearer. Look, 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 it's, look. Let me say what's on my mind. I must. I cannot contain the spirit. The only reason why he would have been in the prone position was to facilitate this headrest on his forehead to get the impression of that law box. Or maybe it was because of the nails. Because it could also be because of the nails. Because on the um, uh, first, uh, that was another thing that caught me off guard. I was like, why didn't they take out the nails? Well, why did they keep the nails in? But you can see on the feet, the nails were were straight through. But on one of the feet, like I said, you gradually can see that the point came out right over time, like it, it, like slide it out. And, and this and this makes sense because 
um, to me because you know, I mean that's what happens with if you get splinter, you know, like your body will push it out. Right. And but also because he's he, he was possibly moving, he was clearly moving, but um, if he had the nails sticking out of his feet, if he was laying flat down, he could then the the feet would be kind of awkward one day. Well, we have another problem here. You know, the immediately thing that 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 came up at the table tonight was, well, why didn't somebody pull the nails out? I mean, look, you realize it's almost as if those nails had to be there to bear testimony into themselves. Just like the the headrest. It had to be done that way so you got the the proof of... Son, don't you realize we never could have figured out exactly what what those thorns were made of. You, you realize that? We've got two witnesses here with these two claws. We, we have the nails in the feet and the hands. It's just, I don't know. And it's not that I need proof. Do you need proof? Because I don't need proof. I have the testimony of the scriptures, which there is no debating yeah. the proof of the scriptures. Uh, somebody and in our household pointed out, why would somebody say this? But, but we're like, why wouldn't you? This cloth bears testament to his right. resurrection. Right. That's my point. Which Christian, in, throughout all of history, I don't care if they're from Spain or from Italy or from wherever other place, who would have thrown this into the trash? Come on. Who would have thrown it into the trash? I honestly wouldn't So, it's just... It's bombastic in its presentation. Its presentation is absolutely, unequivocally off the hook. It's just off the hook. And I cannot mm -hmm. stress this enough. It is very difficult to watch, right? Especially past the, yeah. about the 14, 15 minute mark, right? Yeah, it, they, they, speak in, they speak in a lot of scholarly language. It can be hard to understand a bit. Um, I've kind of taught myself to um, just take context to understanding it, but I understand that it could be a lot of gibberish to a lot of people. But um, just be patient if it, uh, with it if you if you would like to uh, watch it through. But uh, this this thing here it it literally bears testament to his resurrection. His his hands are moving. It's it's literally depicting his first movements upon reanimation. And why? And, and I, I, we mentioned in another in a preview video, like, um, why light? And like I said, I, I the way I understand it is that was him transforming into the resurrection body. The the light was was uh, refining his flesh, in a sense, like purifying uh, the the. Sin, uh, the sin of Adam out. And you realize it photoenergetically proves the holes were still there when he told Thomas, come, put your finger in the hole. Yeah, <laughs> like, it even makes me think that once he got up, he probably had to take him out himself. Off the hook, dude. <laughs> I mean, and that's the real problem with this 
with this evidence. This is the true nature of the problem. I, I don't I don't need no evidence. I, I really don't care. Did you care? I mean, we got all kinds of, you know, holy relics, much like the uh, lance that pierced his side, right? Yeah. You know, there's just all kinds of of stuff like that. I don't I don't care, never did it. I have the testament of the scripture. Uh, the, look, you might as well say it is the attested document history. No document even remotely comes close to our verifiable, documentable evidence from 300 B.C. Amen? Okay, I don't need nothing else. I have the testament not only of the scripture, but of my own experience and my own salvation. Amen to that? So, coming from that point of view, I mean, you know, John McAllen sent us this, you know, and I'm, okay, well, you know, let's take a look at it. I sent it to you, and you kind of, you know, him hauled about, around about it. And you said, you know, it's really highly technical. And I was like, yeah, past about the 14 to 15 minute mark, then, then it gets into the evidence itself. Then it starts rolling, and then you can't take your eyes off of it, right? Then you're like, now, now stop the bus. I don't need this. I really don't. But really? I mean, really? Uh, so you talk about a true Christian conspiracy theory, huh? Uh, and there are people that get really emotional about the shroud, right? And they really get upset. I mean, uh, you have experience with there being an argument in the church, right? Uh, I wasn't there, right? I, I mean, I have to work. But can you dis describe what happened that night at the church? I'm not sure who it was, but it was a youth group. Uh, um, I'm not sure who it was, but they pointed out that, that that there was evidence in the Shroud of Turin that it was light burning into the cloth. That was the first I heard of this uh, study, and that was a while back. Um, the pastor himself said, I don't know anything about it, but... Would, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that the person in the group who mentioned it um, was saying that this, yeah, there is some evidence that G, that you know Jesus was came back to life and was God. So it's just so this really does charge people one way or the other. Now there's people in this well family, shall we say, dealing with this particular church. They're highly offended by this because they don't need no proof. They don't even want any proof. No, I don't need there to be any proof of Jesus, and they get really upset with it. And you ask them, so if you find proof of Noah's flood, does that prove, you know, does that upset you? No, that doesn't upset me. So you could find, you know, Noah's ark, you know, you could find, you know, David's sling. Wouldn't bother him a bit. But you start talking about relics of Jesus. They get upset. They get really upset. So, with that in mind, I cannot stress it enough that they need to check this out for themselves, don't they? Um, we have brought up the major points that it contains. And, well, the plain depiction of this class, this jewelry that hangs down over his eye... Uh, clasping the crown of thorns but together. A, but with the Teflim thing, why would a Catholic 
Frenchman even know anything about Jewish customs? He or even think to do it. it it's, I mean, most most of them, especially in that era, wouldn't have thought of it. So, I, I mean, I I hate to say this, but so in the 1300s, how would he have got this Egyptian kilt? Oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Wrong answer. Wrong answer. Um, all the other things, yeah, he could have pulled off, but sorry, not that one. So I just, it's just, it, it, it's not traditional, but it's scriptural. It lines with the scripture, but it's against, you know, like Catholic, especially tradition. So that just makes you think. I mean, right? It's, it is certainly unconventional. Um, which but is what convinces what put takes a part of me that convinces me that it's it's not something that I would expect. Okay. It doesn't do something that I that that I would expect it to do. Well, one thing that, that he said that he he Jerome states that he has in his hands what a perfect description, right? A perfect description of Christ. Look, it is unconditional in what it presents is on the cloth itself. It's unconditional. It shows a man crucified nails through the feet, hands, obviously having a puncture wound in his side where the blood pooled around the top of this Egyptian kilt wearing a crown of thorns. And that you can take to the back bearing within it and impregnated into this photo evidence the Jewish law box on the forehead. Do you think any of this has, um, like the Teflim or anything, I didn't even know that they would they'd bury people like that. But it, but it was, it was, it refers to one of the scriptures in the Old Testament. I forget the which scriptures it was, but that's that's what the t why they wear the teflon. Uh, but it makes, I mean, it, I'm going to be honest. Part of my personal bias was, you know, me looking at the fact that he um, was Jesus of Nazareth. It seems to show that he was, because of it shows his his hair is long, and by you read in the epistles of Paul that regular men were claimed to be shamed by having long hair unless if you were a Nazarite. So, really makes me think. Really makes you think, huh? Yeah, but but that's even what they put on the cross. Jesus the Nazarene technically, if you put it into the original Greek, it, it, it might actually be saying Jesus the Nazarite. Right. Which was what she was usually referred to. Um, a lot of uh, translations will say Jesus of Nazareth because they didn't know how to translate the word. But yeah. Um, what do you suggest, Aaron? Do you suggest people take a look at this, watch it? What What do you suggest? Um, it's certainly a hard read. I, I, I'm, I mean, I made it through, but I'm, me and my dad have a wide vocabulary. If, I, if you would like to, I, I would certainly suggest it. Um, if you don't understand everything they're saying, at least look at the pictures. 
at least look at the pictures of what they're showing and describing. At least do that. Uh, there's a shroudofturin.com. I think you should check that out. Here, here's the website. I have, I had it over here. That was where you were reading Neat Origin. There? This is the the shroud.com, um, and they it, they might have some easier to read stuff on that. But they also have like the physical, uh, the scientific data, the evidence. So they do. Where's that at? Uh, uh, probably on, it was on the main page. They discuss it, examine the Shroud of Turin, and then the scientific examination. This is, let's see. Well, anyway, um, you certainly need to um, check this out for yourself. Um, and we want to uh, thank uh, John McAllen for the uh, suggestion. Absolutely off the hook because, well, it's a Christian conspiracy theory, right? Um, let's talk about it. It is bombastic. It'll take you by surprise. Now, I'm warning you, watch past about the 14-minute mark. Once it's establishing what it's doing, then it presents the evidence, and wow. All I got to say is, until next time, everybody, God bless and Godspeed.